from Kurtco Media. Coming up on this episode of Life Done Better. Be awake, be aware, because those changes you make will infinitely affect the seat that you're sitting in very soon in the future. So we all are an accumulation of our past and now we're sitting in this moment. So wouldn't you want to add up better choices so that you're sitting in the benefit of that? Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeYoung. We are all well aware of the climate change, melting ice issues, the air pollution, toxins in our food. It can feel pretty daunting at times. We are all responsible for how we live on this planet, the decisions we make day to day, the impact the environment and the future of our planet. And you may already take part in recycling, you buy local fresh produce and purchase from environmentally conscious brands, but what else can we do? What other things can we do collectively to make a positive impact? I invited Darren Aline to the show to help answer these questions. Darren Aline is known as the exotic superfood hunter, is the author of best-selling book Super Life, and co-host on the popular Netflix docu-series Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jill. Good to see you again. It's wonderful to connect with you. You know, so many things have changed over the last couple of years. And last time I've seen you, you were then living in Malibu in a house. Now, fast forward three years later, you live in Malibu in a yurt. Please explain what happened because we obviously want to hear like what went down and what made you decide to build and live in a yurt, which I, I love. Well, so actually the, the the ending of the filming of season one to Down to Earth, Zach and I were in the Amazon and obviously the show is about health and the environment, et cetera, and powers that be sacrificed my property and my home with a wild forest fire, though technically the name for it was Woolsey Fire in Malibu. And so when I was in the Amazon, I knew the fire had started. And then when I got back connected again off of the river, I found out that I lost everything in the fire. So, man, that's so devastating. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, everything I owned. And then luckily I had a suitcase and my dog was safe off the property. And I drove one car to the airport. So I had things, not that much. But, you know, as a part of this reality, things are always going to happen. This one was a big one. But having gone through that grief and really sitting with all of the loss, honestly, it fortified me, it nurtured me, it watered my soul in a powerful way to just continue to be a steward for health of people and health of the planet. And it made my resolve even greater. So in retrospect, you can say that it gave you new opportunities and made made your life richer. So yeah, it made me exponentially more appreciative, more grateful, and more committed to the life that I've been choosing to lead. Yeah, I'm sure that everything you've learned is so educational for everyone else. And you're, are you already growing your own produce on your like around the land that your yurt is situated on? It took a long time because I had a vision of a greenhouse in a certain area that I was going to build, and I. I'd have to wait just for that as well. So I finally got some approvals because they wanted to knock down certain old historic areas, which we fought against. So now just this week, I found out that I can 
put my greenhouse up and build all of that stuff. So right now I started clearing all that out. I certainly have a lot of wild plants and wild medicinal plants, everything from elderberry and milk thistle and wild cucumber, tons of things on the probably dandelion. There's a lot of cool stuff that's already here. But now, yes, as of right now, I have a whole plan of growing an immense amount of food. That's great. I think COVID really has made more and more people go back in the yard and go plant some seeds, see what happens, even if you've never done it before. I think it's just magical to see the lettuce grow within you know, a certain amount of weeks or months and actually eat from the ground. It, it does feel so different than picking up a container of spinach like at Whole Foods. Like I just don't feel as connected to the food. I'm just like, yeah, I, I look in the fridge and I look what is there and I definitely go for the produce that comes in my farm box first, not the stuff that's wrapped in plastic. And it really does make me not feel very connected to the food, interestingly enough. Thinking about your, you know, your past, like, you know, when I see you and and I have experienced you always this way, but I'm sure there was a time in your life that you weren't as healthy and you weren't as conscious. Let's go back to that time quickly and just kind of like understand where you're coming from. Like if your parents were health and wellness advocates or super into the environment or not at all, like I'd love to learn a little bit more about that part of your life. Definitely not at all. So I was just a small town kid from Minnesota. I mean, my dad kind of, I didn't realize this until later in life. He was an ag professor at the University of Minnesota. So there was a strong cattle ranching side to our whole family throughout the South Dakotas. Hell, my grandmother fed Native Americans in 1903 when Norwegians that came across and settled in South Dakota and Minnesota. So it was always in the blood and that kind of thing. But but I was a regular kid. And I think really going all the way back, I've said this story many times, but I, w- I was two months premature. And the signaling that I had was this is a very dangerous place and you might not live, which I didn't, meaning I did live, but I had a choice. There was a 50-50 chance that the doctors thought I was going to live or not. So I was three and a half pounds and and this was a this signaled a lot in me. And at 13, I did my first cleanse and my mom didn't know about it. My dad certainly didn't inform me. My brother was clueless, but I started eating all fruit and it was grapefruits at the time. It was the first time having struggled growing up because of those issues that I had as a little, little kid, it started registering how food was actually making me feel. And then at 16, I picked up my first sets of iron and started training and realizing, oh, okay, this isn't just set. I have a lot of control here. And then through changing my food and changing, you know, what I did every day. And as I was an athlete, but then got very conscious about it. And then again, another challenge, I got hurt playing college football, and then I had to quit. And then that threw me into physiology, nutrition, kinesiology, and then I got my undergrad and all of that. And then I changed my whole trajectory towards health and fitness and nutrition. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an endless learning process, right? Because you are still learning too. Like when you go on your travel show, I'm sure you learn so many new things constantly because you guys are exploring in all parts of the world. Now, because you're so educated and so wise about these subjects, I wonder, like, and I'm curious to hear what has blown your mind recently. I mean, yes to all the travel. Yes to all the experts. I've been reading a lot 
not only the context of how the universe is put together through quantum physics, through sacred geometry, that that I've been fascinated with for a long time, but I've been diving down that rabbit hole. But also I've been studying a lot of fulvic minerals, humic minerals, kind of the basis of all the mineralization that we require with sacred ground that we have very little of these days. So just the tremendous, tremendous healing power of basic, powerful, elemental nutrition just is kind of blowing me away. Did I know about it? Have I used it from shilajit to fulvic to humic acids? Yes, I've used it for the last 20 years, but I, I now have an opportunity to, to formulate for a company and I've just been diving into it. And I also have been following this curiosity about since I spent, we, we filmed season two of Down to Earth and we spent three months in Australia, I got completely fascinated with the northern, northern regions of Australia because it's a rainforest, just as plentiful as a rainforest in, in the Amazon, essentially. And so I've been diving into plants and plant extracts and compounds and getting very creative as to maybe how to get some of those out into the world. When you travel to those places, do you really commit to just eating the food that they were in of the environment that you're in? Do you feel like there's a, some type of thing that you do everywhere you go to make, make you feel like you're truly experiencing it, not just hosting? 100%. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate when I've traveled for the last 20 years to be able to throw myself in the middle of situations with indigenous people. And, and even in this last travel in the, Australia, I can't get into it much just because we're still working on the show. But we got to be around a ton, a lot of Aboriginal people and classes and mobs throughout all Australia. So that sacredness, that ceremony, literally, that we got to go through every time did that very thing. So that humble nature of understanding the culture, the people, and every little area, every region, every nook and cranny has completely, sometimes completely different, but also very similar too. There's a, there's a thread and so that humble nature of how people operate and do things and what they think is sacred, what they know is sacred, what they eat, what they share, what they, how they verbalize, how they do ceremony, like that to me is the bedrock of some of our ancient, most ancient ways of being as people. And so we've gotten so through technocracy, through so much tech, through so much distraction, through so much 3D assault these times where we get to sit and be and verbalize and connect, I think is the most powerful. And with that, obviously food and health and all of that stuff is a very intimate expression of that as well. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to say it. Intimate expression. So true. So true. And how do we always like take the best care of ourselves and the people around us and now like this extra element of taking care of the planet, because I'm more and more interested in taking care of the planet. I constantly ask myself the question, what else can I do to make it better, right? Like to make the environment better, like, and is what I do enough? And, and are these little things actually really adding up? Like if, you know, if I do my recycling here, cause not a lot of people, unfortunately do that, they're not getting, it's not getting picked up here separately. So I have to all recycle everything by myself and bring it every other week to the dump and, you know, recycle it there. So it's an extra effort, right? Every time you, you add that extra layer of effort, like, yeah, 
yes, I'm committed. Like in California, my trash was picked up separately. Great. But if it's not done, what do you do then? Then there's the, you know, the little things you can do, like filtering your own water, not buying plastic bottles of water. I buy my farm box. What else can someone do like me, like that is you know, pretty well informed, but you feel like, you know what, Jill, here are three other things that you could do that most people don't really think about. Well, I mean, I think you definitely hit hit on some good ones. There's another one. There's a there's a great organization called HabitsOfWaste.org, and they did a calculation where if you eat eight meals of all plant based a week, that's as much as sequestering all of the CO two as if you were driving a Prius for a year. Wow! So it's kind of easy. And here's the reward: because at the end of the day, it really doesn't land. It's good to know because it can anchor somewhat, but it really has to impact you individually. Because individually, like it's pretty even far away going, oh, cool, I'm sequestering CO2. But also it's infinitely affecting your health and your life, eating that plant-based food as well. One of the most unsustainable things in the world is eating any type of meat and fish, period. It is so unsustainable, it's ridiculous. It is behind deforestation all throughout the world, the Amazon, the Sahadu, et cetera. It's stealing so much water from fresh water because it's going to feed cattle and build muscle from cattle. It's just ridiculous. And we don't even need it for our own health. So if you can just not say you need to be in the religious category of vegan or plant-based, you just go, hey, eight meals can do a lot. Now, the other thing is there's a, there's a lot of things that you can do, but here's the thing that I don't want people to get into, that area of judgment, that area of judgment that, listen, we all as a human family have created so much ease of use of plastic, right? So everything you're ordering on anything on Amazon or any platform is coming in plastic. So what we need to do is start being aware of the place you're voting your dollars with. So those companies that most of them, especially creating convenient foods and wrapping it in plastic, and they don't care about you. You're just the bottom line. So if we start shifting our trajectory and shifting our hard-earned money and voting for companies that have our best interests, switching your dental floss, plastic and Teflon is what you're making that easy glide and putting in your mouth, which is also a hormone disruptor and linked to causing cancer in your kidneys. So then that dental floss gets flushed and eventually ends up to the ocean when you can switch your trajectory and say, hey, listen, there's some great companies using eco packaging, using bamboo and charcoal and boom, you can use that instead of this. So it's like all of these things. But here's the thing. Every time you make those shifts, it's good for you and it's good for the planet. Yeah. If we want more and more excellent products to be available, we have to spend every dollar wisely. We got to say, okay, is this product, is this brand doing good for the environment? Is this product good for me? And and so if you walk through your house, you know, maybe this week or next week, you're going to be more aware of every product that you consume day to day. The awareness is huge. And I, I really love your show. Fatal Conveniences is wonderful. Like you 
you you define fatal convenience as the things that you're doing or the products you're buying to make life easier, right? But those things may be harming you or the earth. And so in each episode, Darren is giving you suggestions to tweak your habits. So if you don't feel like, you know, you want to do the legwork yourself and the research, just go to his podcast. (laughs) If we're not aware, our bodies are still being affected. Right. So there's a lot of unseen. Virtually everything that's really beating the hell out of us is unseen. It's not about all bad. We're in an amazing place where we can create our own, like a DIY, do it ourselves. There's a ton of incredible products. So what? You pay another buck. What you're doing is you're going, I matter. So that energy of money is not going to the cheap stuff. It's going in honoring of you, your health, your children, all of that stuff. When you start to be aware, you also can't turn it off. So now when you reach for that same product that you already know now that has this toxin, has this hormone disruptor, has this formaldehyde, then you're like, oh man, do I really want to put that on my body that will inevitably go in my body to be an assault on my body? Not so much. Yeah, that's exactly the thought process that, you know, we're going through when we're more aware. A friend of mine does sometimes like a a week or a month long plastic free shopping. So whatever she buys, there's not supposed to be any, any plastic. So if she wants to buy strawberries and it has plastic, you know, like container, it's not going to buy those strawberries. She's got to buy, you know, it differently or get it elsewhere or, you know, get it at a farmer's market where she does not actually get, maybe it's just paper, right? So I actually really love that challenge also for myself and every time a mask, of course, you know, with plastic bag, of course not. You have your own grocery bags. Sometimes you forget them. You have, you know, the cardboard or, you know, like the more paper bags, which are shitty because they can't really be reused. I feel guilty at times when I forget or don't do it. And I'm like, no, I'm doing my, the best I can. And next time I'll give it another shot. It's the same with, with, you know, making good food choices. You do the best you can with the knowledge you have today keep educating yourself. And if there was one thing that you could do better, you probably know what it is, right? No one needs to point it out for you. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The best travel experiences are more than just vacations. They shape who we are and they bring us closer to the people and places we love. This is the magic of travel. I'm Bruce Wallen, and in my 20 plus years as an editor and writer, I've covered the world's most extraordinary travel experiences for places like Rob Report, National Geographic, and Departures, and I've met some incredible people along the way. The people who make that magic happen. For the first time, I'm inviting you to join me in a little-known world of luxury travel innovators, connoisseurs, and tastemakers, an exclusive group of industry leaders with a passion for the very best of travel. With every episode of Travel That Matters, you'll get access to insider knowledge, secret getaways, unforgettable luxury hotels, and one-of-a-kind travel experiences to expand what you thought was possible like venturing into the jungle and coming face to face with rare wildlife. The experience that we had lives it within my heart. I don't think I'll ever leave those incredible moments, those gentle giants all around us. Or paying for an extravagant vacation and having no idea what you're in for. 
they never know where they're going. It almost doesn't matter, you know, whether you take people to Jungle Desert Mountain. It's what happens when you're there that's important. Set off for adventure every other week with Travel That Matters. Each episode is packed with stories to get you dreaming about your next trip and expert advice to help make it happen. Open the door to extraordinary experiences where every minute carries meaning and every moment brims with wonder. The power of travel is huge. It changes people's lives. This is why we travel. This is Travel That Matters. And I so admire that you also to give back to the earth and every business that you put your name on. And the company that I'm talking about is Barucas, like a Brazilian supernut. And you committed with this company to plant 20 million trees. I mean, gee, that's a whole big, a whole lot of trees, a big number. How did you come up with the number? And I'm curious, how much have you planted so far? Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, so we, our goal is always plant a tree for every five pounds we make. Now we've been in and out of some organizations. Some did it better than others. So we're finding our way. And also is the idea to support the whole Sahadu. The Sahadu, the Savannah of Brazil is being destroyed faster than any landmass on the planet. No one knows about that. It's a Southern cousin essentially to the Amazon. And so Mm -hmm. every time the fight for the Amazon wins, they basically then resell or sell the land of the Sahadu. It's easier to wipe out than the Amazon. So we, it was a no brainer as you, as I went down there and I saw the destruction and I saw it, my eyes would well up and seeing it happening in front of me, I was like, well, this, this has to stop. And and the very tree, the wild barucas, the nut that we get, comes from a wild tree, the Baruzeta tree, which is an incredibly gifting tree in all of the savannah. So it's a nitrogen fixture. It supports other plants around it. It taps into the aquifer, so it doesn't even really, barely gets any rainwater because it's dry for nine months out of the year. And it's a very powerful tree. So when you realize that no one knows the value of these ancient systems. They just perceive the value as this other thing, which 99% of it is for unsustainable, again, meat production and food for that meat. It's ridiculous. So we, we create value again by everyone buying barucas. That creates the value chain of sustainability. So then, then that value, we can go back to the indigenous people and say, hey, collect these for as long as you can for the next 20 years and we will pay you these fair wages. Now you have an economy. Now there's a perceived value that wasn't there before in this type of world. And then for every five pounds, we plant a tree to support the natural ecosystem that's being wiped out. So, you know, this is something that it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do in the Savannah, the Savannah to give everyone an idea, you know, it's Texas, the biggest state in our country. The Savannah is three of those. Whoa. So it's a massive area and it takes a lot of coordination in order to start making progress in those areas. But, but that's a beautiful thing. People enjoy the nut. They get all the benefits because it's such such a high nutrient value. Yeah. So what does it taste like? I want to understand what it tastes like. I've never had one in my life. It tastes like the best peanut you've ever had. And probably not just straight up peanut. It's kind of a combination of like 
Sometimes it's a little like popcorny with a peanut. And it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Honestly, without needing to sell anything, handfuls of these I eat every day on salads, on smoothie bowls. I literally eat them as if I was eating them for the first time when I fell in love with them. And so why are they not more well known? Like, why don't we find them in every supermarket? We decided our business model was to work online, go direct to the consumer and get that model cranking. Yeah. And now we've we've been proving that. Like it's it's growing at a great rate. Yay. Now the grocery stores and the distributors are coming to us. And so we're setting up some of those things. We're right on the verge of an expansion period. So we're getting more clarity, more funding in so that we can be more effective. Because that's, that's super exciting. You know, I will share the information on how to get a hand of, you know, these amazing Brazilian supernuts called Barucas. And we can all contribute to, you know, your company's mission to plant 20 million threes. I love it. Now, let's change the subject to um, something that, you know, we all deal with daily. We all deal with EMFs, right? Our phone, our computer, our Wi-Fi, like it's constantly in front of us, near us, with us. What do you think, and you may already have done, you know, one of the episodes on fatal inconveniences, maybe you've already talked about it, but what can you say about it? Like, how do you deal with EMFs? Like, do you turn off your phone at night? Do you turn off your Wi-Fi at night? I, I certainly do. I have my phone not even in, my, in the same room and I have my Wi-Fi off because I, I am actually what I call Wi-Fi sensitive when I sleep in, in someone else's house or a hotel with beaming Wi-Fi. I have the worst sleep. And so I, I personally know it's true for me and not everyone is this sensitive, but I do know EMFs have an accumulated effect that can be wreaking our health, right? Yeah, it's very stressful on the body. And it's hitting us at an exponential rate with more and more, quote unquote, smart technology that, that I think is kind of a dumb technology. But it's a convenience nonetheless, for sure, to be able to pick up a phone and be able to have a computer in our hands. So how do we deal with that? And yes, I have had a fatal convenience done on this, on this one. 99.9% .9 of the people listening going, yeah probably not a good idea to, to be hit with so much EMF. So let's just get to some of the things you can do. Now, 100%, everyone listening should just turn off your Wi-Fi before you go to bed. Just unplug it, turn it off. You're not using it. There's no reason to bathe in electromagnetic fields during the night, especially when your body needs to rest and recover and repair. So turn that off. That's number one. There's, well, there's blocking technology for sure, but there's categories of that. So, for example, for me, this is a safe sleeve. So anyone who's listening to this, I'm holding up my phone and it's called safe sleeve. I get nothing from this company and it has a lead shield on one side of the phone. So therefore, if you absolutely have to put it up your head, it's blocking well over 90% of the EMFs that would be directly involved in your head, but also on your body. So that's a great alternative for that. But my point of view, when it's on your body, turn it off, turn it on the airplane mode, shut off that constantly coming in, especially on the body. It really messes with the DNA and the RNA. And the RNA is the signaling from the DNA of how to rearrange and repair and utilize proteins to support the body regenerating. So when that gets disrupted and gets stressed out, it's a, it's a bad problem. 
also there's on your laps. I did another fatal convenience on computers on your laps. This is massively connected to, to fertility problems, both male and female. And another thing on the routers. So I have a Faraday cage on the router. So even when I'm, it's happening, it's on and I'm using it now, it's got a Faraday cage. And this is some great work by Dr. Faraday in the early 1900s, where he literally put a cage around it, allows for some of the signal to go out. It doesn't affect your actual signal, but it affects the amount of EMF that's being emitted in the atmosphere. That's a huge one that I recommend. But again, at night, unplug Well, yeah, that's, that is a big one because it doesn't actually affect the, the Wi-Fi output. So what does it look like? Is it a, a small cover? Is it something we can get on Amazon, of course? That's a big question. <laughs> actually, you just put Faraday. How do you spell it? F-A-A-R-D-A-Y, Faraday Cage on Amazon. They got a bunch. So it has to completely cover, not just one-sided like a shield, like I was telling you but it has to cover and it's, it looks like a metal mesh. And I've tested mine. I literally EMF meter and it drops the, the EMF intensity by at least 80%. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. And then there's, there's all kinds of different technology that can support your bodies. The body, and this is a big subject, but the body is always looking to harmonize. We are nature. Nature is us, period, end of story. The fact that we even have to have that discussion and people not aware of that is astonishing to me. So we are nature, but with nature, you're always harmonizing with the frequencies. You're harmonizing with the moon, the sun, the birds, the ground from the earth, people, for God's sakes, you're all harmonizing. So when you have a man-made frequency, your body's trying to harmonize with something that's non-biological. It can't harmonize. So it disrupts and it causes what? It causes stress. So some of these other technologies you can have and plug into your home and it can, it's biologically safer and better for your body. So your body kind of distracts itself and harmonizes with that as opposed to the EMF. And it's proven in live blood microscopy. You're showing blood cells vibrate and work a lot better just by that alone. Do you plug it into a socket, like an electrical yeah. socket? Because I, I do have one of those as well. And, you know, like you kind of go like, does this really work? I don't know, but I like to believe it does. So you feel like those things also in a, there's a certain distance, right? Maybe 20 feet, 30 feet from that electrical socket will be protected from EMFs, even though the Wi-Fi will still be working in the area. Those are things like, listen, again, this is the world where they're invisible. They're absolutely affecting our cells, our stress, our, our cellular respirations, cellular ability to move electrolytes in and out of the cell, calcium pushes it out, causes stress, all kinds of things. So we need to do these things in order. And listen, once you do it, you kind of don't have to think about it. Right. And also it just becomes a habit. So for me, the unplugging, that just became, I just got for nine bucks, I got a timer for the socket and I just put the timer. So at for me, I'm, I'm in bed, I'm sleeping by nine o'clock. So that thing goes off at like 9.15 and turns back on at like four in the morning. I'm not doing anything, but I've set myself up to win. Yep. That's so important. I, I'm laughing because, you know, we have a lot of guests come in and out and, you know, we have a a couple of documents, just like, you know, here's how everything works around the house. And one of the first things we say is like, hey, 
I think you'll love this, you know, this this whole uh, stay here. The one thing you may not love is that we turn off a Wi-Fi at 9 p.m., but be aware that you may sleep better than you've ever slept in your life. So it was kind of funny, go. like how it's a big thing in our in our household too. And, and then, um, you know, what I've learned is to ground yourself because we are still getting charged by the EMFs to then take your shoes off and and put your f- feet in the grass on the soil like on sand like just nature will take care and kind of draw out those EMFs and neutralize it do you believe in that too 100% so yeah it's a, it's a great way to take out the garbage because the planet will discharge that that negative electric pollution that the body has been trying to deal with and store. So, and then just get back connected to the earth again is always a good idea. So, yeah. So I did another fatal convenience on that too. So it's something that you can powerfully do. And also, I mean, we're spending 97% of our lives indoors when it really should be the opposite. So even if you believe it or not, it is beneficial to take your shoes off, stick them in the ground, get back connected to nature. Just that act alone will turn off the sympathetic stress response and turn on the parasympathetic uh, calming response in the body. And when that happens, everything works better anyway. That's right. You don't even have to believe all of the other stuff, which is backed up by science anyway. You can mentally blow it off but I always say this, but your body is moving through time and space and moving through this space that we've created. Chemical exposures, EMF exposures, all of this kind of thing. So be awake, be aware, because those changes you make will infinitely affect the seat that you're sitting in very soon in the future. So we all are an accumulation of our past and now we're sitting in this moment. So wouldn't you want to add up better choices so that you're sitting in the benefit of that? Yeah, we, we, we all know it, but we still need reminders and suggestions because not everyone has the time and energy or even curiosity to figure these things out for themselves. Like you have this beautiful curiosity to keep that you learn, keep learning, keep sharing. And that's why, you know, like we should follow people like you online. If you are tired of, you know, your Instagram feed and you feel like you need some real inspiration and then, you know, guys like Darren are the ones that you want to follow and, and definitely listen to his podcast show. We, we're talking constantly about fatal conveniences. It is part of the Darren Olean show. I'm so thrilled that we got to reconnect and I got to a- ask all the questions I've been wanting to ask you. So keep connected, keep inspired and look into your house, the everyday products that you use and see how and what you can improve today, tomorrow, next week. All these little things do help and do accumulate. And so you are making a difference. Keep it going. Thanks so much to Darren Olin for joining us on the show today. Superfoods, sacred diets, and ceremonies, getting back into our ancestral roots. I love all this. If you can enjoy it as much as me, you can find more of Darren's content on his upcoming season on his Netflix show, Down to Earth with Zach Efron, or his book, Super Life. And please share this episode with someone that you care about. It's episodes like this that can truly heal the world more than you might know. As always, my friends, have a beautiful day and I'll see you soon. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.